before we dive into today's episode, we wanted to remind you about the public consultation currently taking place on the devolution proposal for Hull and East Yorkshire. The consultation closes on Tuesday the 27th of February. Visit www.heydevolution.com to have your say. Hello and welcome to the Hull City Council podcast, a podcast that brings you the latest updates from Hull City Council and exclusive interviews with local people. Today's episode is all about Time to Talk Day 2024, the nation's biggest mental health conversation. Taking place on the first Thursday of February every year, Time to Talk Day is a chance to come together, sit down and change lives. In today's episode, we sit down with Mel Connor, one of the council's mental health first aiders that were introduced last year to talk about why it's important to look after your mental health and join in the conversation. So thank you for tuning in and let's get straight into today's episode. So Mel, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. So you've recently become one of the Hull City Council's uh, mental health first aiders. Could you just talk a little bit about that and what that means? Yeah, so um, Hull City Council's mental health first aiders are individuals who have undergone some training um, in order to be exactly what it sounds, a mental health first aider. So it's exactly the same as a physical first aider, but for mental health. Um, The training requires you to go to um, a class. Uh, It's over two days and it's in person and then, yeah. Your mental health first aider. So, so why did you decide to uh, volunteer as a mental health first aider at the council? Um, I'm just really passionate about helping others, um, and mental health is something that's quite important to me. Um, being someone that's experienced mental ill health, and I'm still experiencing um, mental ill health. Um, I started counselling probably when I was around six or seven, and I'm still in counselling now. Um, so yeah, it's just something that's really important to me and I wanted to help others if that's possible. Yeah, it's nice yeah. how you've, you've taken that and turned it to, to help yeah. you know, other people from that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, this mental health first aid and that's internal at the council, but that's not the only voluntary role that you hold at the moment, is it? It's not. Um, I actually hold two other voluntary roles. So one's at um, a youth centre, which obviously mental health does come into it because I'm there supporting young people. Um, but I'm also volunteering at Mind, um, which is a mental health charity, those that don't know. Um, and I'll, I haven't started with Mind yet. I've done my first lot of training and I'm waiting for my second lot of training. But then, yeah, I'll be in a similar role of just supporting others. And I guess the, the decision to, to take on these, these two other roles as well come, comes from the same place. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just supporting maybe those that seem more vulnerable in society and that just yeah, need someone that they might not have. And, you know, you don't always want to turn to, like, family or friends. Sometimes good just to have another person that you don't really know to talk to. And that's why it's good with the mental health first aider um, role because there's so many within a council in different departments. So if someone does want to talk to someone else um, that's not in their department, then they've got that option. I know you just said that you haven't... Um, you're only at the start of that journey with, with mind. Yeah. Um, but... Do you want to talk a little bit about 
those three roles and, and what the kind of description of what you do is? Um, so with mine, there's different roles that you can take on as a volunteer. You can um, just be like an advocate and say things on social media to promote well-being um, and to talk about mental health. Or there's places like the Crisis Pad, which is um, like a hub almost or a pad um, that's open from like 6pm until 3am. And I believe that's where like people can go and just have you know someone to talk to and to be there. Um, so that would be my role within mind once I start and once I've like completed the training. I think with well with youth work, it's with young people, so aged ten to twenty four, if they have special needs um, or additional learning needs. Sorry, and um, it can be quite different. It's different audiences, isn't it? So you know, with young people. They may not come to you straight away and be as open. You know, it's about keep asking and spotting the signs. Um, but with mind, I can't really go into that because I haven't started sure. the role yet. Um, and mental health first aid, it's about me making sure within um, our department, you know, asking how are you doing and checking in on people. But it is about individuals coming to us. Um, and getting in contact if they feel like they need to. Again, like I said, sometimes people don't want to speak to someone they know, so, yeah, they can come to other people in other departments. And our information is uh, online, so people can have a look and pick a mental first aider, <laughs> mental health first aider. Okay, um, so although mental health first aiders is, is an internal project of council, um, why do you think it's important that people and, and local organisations look after and, and talk about their mental health? Um, well, I actually have some statistics Great. that I'd like to share. That's okay. It's yeah. from the Mental Health First Aid at uh, England website. Um, and I just thought it was important to say a few of them. The research was conducted in like 2020, so it's a few years ago, but I think it's still like very relevant today. So um, one in six workers will experience depression, anxiety or problems relating to stress at any one time. Um, there were 602,000 cases of work-related stress, depression or anxiety in 2018-2019 in Great Britain. Um, every, every year it costs businesses £1,300 per employee whose mental health needs are unsupported, which is quite yeah. high and shocking yeah. really. Um, and mental ill health is responsible for 72 million working days lost and costs 34.9 billion each year, which is also really, really high. And there is a note on that saying different studies will estimate the cost um, of mental ill health in different ways. So other reputable research estimates this cost to be as high as 74 to 99 billion. Um, and the last one that I thought was quite important was people with long term mental health conditions lose their jobs every year at around double the rate of those without mental health conditions. So this equates to about 300,000 people, which is the equivalent of the population of Newcastle or Belfast. So I just think with those statistics, it's such a large problem that just cannot be like overlooked. Um, and Hull City Council, obviously, they do have a mental health policy and they do have um, like risk assessment forms that individuals can fill out. And um, there's like a well-being action plan, which are all great things in the steps towards helping tackle this large issue. Um, 
And I just think that it's an organisation's duty um, to look after and support people's mental health um, as much as as much as it is with physical health. You know, it needs to be seen as completely equal. Um, and the more that we do see that and the more that, that we do support it and help, then the better it will be. You know, it will increase productivity. It will increase um, efficiency. It'll create a better work environment and hopefully, like, reduce those statistics and, you know, it'll have some sort of, like, ripple effect. You know, positive energy will spread and if yeah it'll just create a better work environment so this conversation has been inspired by time to talk day which takes place on thursday the first of february so the first Mm -hmm. thursday in february every year yeah and is sort of what they describe as the nation's biggest mental health conversation i would say that you know people listening to this or people in general probably struggle to talk about their mental health and it's quite a hard thing to do why, why would you say it's so important that we take the time to talk to friends, families or, or, or colleagues about our mental health and, and how we're feeling? Um, I think it's so important because it does help tackle the stigma, uh, especially for men. And I think if we, you know, if you can see what can happen when it is challenged with the likes of Andy's Man Club, you know, that that's completely taken off. And it's it's been like amazing to see that go from maybe a group of like, Five or eleven, I think it was said to now like it's in london it's it's everywhere, so I think yeah, it would ha- really help um just tackle and reduce the stigma, and I guess the more we do talk about things that are considered taboo, the less taboo they get, and um it creates a better understanding the more we talk about it because I think with mental health it's quite blurred, and if you don't understand it it can it can be like hard to wrap your head around sometimes I think with the different perspectives on it you know even psychologists and neuroscientists and stuff have different perspectives with like the nature nurture debates and I think the more we talk the more we understand the better that we can pump out resources and support others and like I say it would help tackle the stigma situated and I think it you know I don't think it's still seen as equal with with physical health. So the more we talk, the more we reduce those things, the more it is seen as just as important as physical health. Obviously, Time to Talk Day is is not just about, you know, where organisations, but also just community groups and, and just people in general. What would you say, um, what, what kind of changes do you think, you know, residents could make to, to improve the way that they look after their mental health on a daily basis? Um, I think from an organisational perspective, um, you know, managers and employees undergoing um, training, such as the mental health first aid training um, and other courses regarding mental health, um, I think it needs to be mandatory due to things like those statistics. It's obviously such a large problem and I think it's only growing bigger and I think, you know... um, younger people are suffering with mental ill health a lot earlier and it'll only grow and grow and grow unless we tackle um tackle it and put these like supports in place so i think training should be mandatory um just as like it is for physical health um and i think just small things like before meetings just for five minutes 
speaking to employees and saying, you know, how are you checking in rather than like diving straight and just having that like little catch up and or maybe telling them like, you know, take some time away from the desk in your day because some people will just sit at their desk all day or in front of the computer and, you know, being told maybe by a manager, go take some time, go take a walk, go take like, yeah, a few minutes would be beneficial to someone's day. Um, and also just like outside of work, taking the time to do something once a week or every day if you can, something that you enjoy. And I think, you know, if we have the time to brush our teeth or to, I don't know, scroll on socials and stuff like that, just take two minutes to just do something that you enjoy because that, that will really like benefit you. Um, is, I don't know, like health is wealth and that goes for physical and mental health as well. Uh, obviously, you've got a few different voluntary roles um, that you, you're, you're embarking on mm-hmm. or have already. Um, what would your advice be to someone who's interested in finding out more about supporting others with their mental health or looking to volunteer with someone like Mind? I think if you've got like an interest or a feel or like some sort of desire, I'd just say go for it because that's exactly what I did with it started with my youth work. Uh, volunteering I just had like a feel of like this is something that I want to be a part of so I went for it and I absolutely love it and then that just triggered like more volunteering roles so then with mind I'm interested in mental health I'm passionate about it so I've gone for it and I'm sure I'll really enjoy that as well and same with mental health first aid role um so I just think yeah if you've got some sort of like feel or interest or I don't know something pulling to towards pulling you towards something then I'd say go for it because and that's the same with anything in life you know just do it if you've got some sort of passion for it or interest and to get involved you could just do a simple google search for volunteering roles and that's what I did with mind I think I went on mine's website and it said you know uh, volunteer with us filled out the application and then the process just kind of follows on from there that's that and away you go yeah. <laughs> um, so Mel, that was really interesting. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So thanks to Mel for joining us on the podcast today. Time to Talk Day is taking place on Thursday, 1st of February, 2024. And it's a chance for friends, families, communities and workplaces to come together to talk, listen and change lives. Time to Talk Day is the perfect opportunity to start a conversation about mental health. If you'd like to find out more and get support, you can visit their website, which is www.timetotalkday.co.uk. So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Hull City Council podcast.